What is up, creator? Back on the interview series again, and today we're gonna to be talking with Kuba, the man from Poland, the content master. Really interesting guy, 22 years old. I mean, I did not even, I wasn't even close to having anything together when I was 22 years old. I, I barely knew anything about anything, and uh, he is just crushing it. Really enjoyed our interview. Now, he has a different philosophy than I do with regards to content, um, and that makes it even more interesting for me to talk to him about it, and so I'm really, really excited to have him on today, and and uh, he has some great things to say, some great insights, and I uh, hope you enjoy the interview. Well, hello there, citizen. Welcome to the Understory Bard Podcast, where we talk about self-producing your creative projects, online content creation, and copywriting. Admission to the Understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, creators? Wade here, and today as our interview series continues, we are talking with Kuba, a rising star on Twitter, and we're going to be chatting about content marketing today and a lot of other fun and exciting things. Kuba, my man, how are you doing today? First of all, thank you for such a warm introduction. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, uh, I'm super excited to be here, and thank you for reaching out to me and asking me to do this. Well, awesome. absolutely. So there are a lot of things about your story that I find really interesting. And, and I know that my people will find interesting, too. So let's just kind of dive right into it, because you are a lot you were a lot different with regards to me in terms of like your age, in terms of where you are in the world, in terms of your path, because I took a very traditional path in terms of I went to college and I went to law school and it took me a long time and I didn't enter the internet realm until I was older. But you've decided to skip all that. And so, first of all, um, how old are you? Yeah, so I'm 22. 22, yeah, exactly. I thought I knew yeah. that you were a little bit older. You weren't like 17, but you have that youthful vigor about you. I like it. Um, so <laughs> uh, to walk me through a little bit about sort of your origin story about how you got to do what you're doing now. Yeah, of course. So um, right after high school, I... Uh, so up until high school, I planned to uh, be an actor and I planned to go to acting school. But then um, one thing led to another and I had to uh, take a gap year uh, between my high school and my college. And during those this gap year, I um, actually was awfully bored. I didn't know what to do with my life. And uh, so I started, you know, Googling and probably like on Facebook an ad appear, uh, appeared about a content marketing course or a course regarding marketing somehow in general. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, but then the whole digital marketing world opened. <laughs> For me, and uh, I started to, uh, you know, I got interested at first in ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, all the all the shenanigans. Then I uh, switched to SEO, uh, and then my gap year um, like finished, and I had to make up my mind of for what I'm what I'm gonna do now, uh, and I decided that that I want to um, study marketing. I want to pursue a career in marketing. Uh, and uh, first I went to a college uh, to study marketing, especially social media marketing in my uh, in my city. I live, live in uh, and the after one year, unfortunately, I uh, noticed that 
during this one year, I learned a lot about different things, but nothing about marketing that I didn't know already or or even in general. I Nobody taught me anything about marketing. So I decided to quit college my first time. <laughs> uh, and then I uh, decided, well, if college won't give me what I want, uh, I need to find it myself. So I started applying for marketing jobs, uh, entry-level marketing, marketing jobs. I started, you know, uh, writing content for free, <laughs> doing free gigs to just gain experience, gain, uh, you know, test out my ideas in, in the wild, let's say. And uh, then um, coming to 2022, I landed my first job, like a real job in content marketing. Uh, I became a uh, in-house content marketer in HRNest, a HR tech SaaS company. So um, then I... I, uh, really got the the opportunity to explore the world of content marketing uh organic growth uh seo all all of those components that uh, create uh a good content marketing uh and like six months ago uh in august probably uh i decided that well i did some good things i you know, uh, got some quick wins for for the company. I uh, gained some experience. I I I've been learning like a lot because you know I've uh, uh, since February I'm reading like two books uh, per week at least. Uh, you know, regarded like related to marketing. Now it's it's changing a bit because I'm running out of books. <laughs> but uh, but I decided to uh, to really uh, study the the science behind content marketing. Uh, and it, like my ideas and the lessons uh, I learned worked uh, for HRNist. So I decided, well, maybe it's time to, to share it in public and, and tell people that I know some stuff. And so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, no, what I love about your story is the willing to cor- the willingness to course correct, right? So, you you know, you didn't let yourself get caught into any one thing and you were willing to sort of make that move from, okay, I'm in college right now. And, you know, and this happens a lot. I hear a lot from people who go to college for marketing that college can be anywhere from a year to 10 years behind in terms of what's happening in the, you know, in the content world, because it's just, just everything is changing so fast. So I, I, I can tell you is I would not have had the courage as a, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old to, to quit college. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So for me, I was really in there. T- talk me through a little bit about, you know, how did you have the confidence to do that? I mean, what, what was it that, that you just said to yourself, well, I know I'm on the right path so that someone else mm-hmm. that maybe is in a similar situation might help them through that? Yeah. So actually, uh, I quit college two times. <laughs> I, it sound, sounds crazy when I think about it. But yeah. So uh, after I quit college for the first time in 2021, I uh, applied for another, uh, you know, uh, to, to study uh, English language. And I started learning uh, Norwegian in, in my college. So it was like English philology and, and uh, Norwegian studies. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, once again, <laughs> I, uh, met, uh, some amazing people, some very, very interesting. I learned some great things. I prepared for a, a, you know, language certificate, but, uh, 
I still didn't feel uh, like completely satisfied what, with what I was doing. I felt uh, like I had to somehow I felt obligated to to be in college just because everyone is in college. And, you know, there was um, my parents were uh like I come from not a rich family. Only my mother has a uh, a master's degree, and like, uh, and she's probably the only person so far in the family who has MA. Um, but uh, but uh, and she was really. Uh, she tried to convince me to stay in college, to, to get my degree and to uh, take it slowly. But I, uh, when I am bored, I, I tend to get bored very easily and I cannot, um, I cannot stand it. Like I cannot persist even uh, if, if the environment around me is not moving, it's not changing. So, uh, so that's why I decided, you know, I'm not happy. I am not I am not like uh, satisfied with what I do, so uh, I need to switch direction. And it's it happened gradually. So first of all, I, when I, you know, I started on Twitter, I treated Twitter like a um, a form of escapism or something. Like um, uh, I I just uh, spent my time, you know, learning and and sharing my knowledge with with other people. And there was college happening. And after like four, three, four months, I uh, know, you know, I started to miss classes. I started to uh, not care about college anymore because a lot of good things started happening on Twitter. And uh, I you know, I, in three months, I took my own business. So first of all, like Twitter allowed me to build my own business and then it allowed me to scale it to, uh, to a pretty satisfactory level where, but at the same time, it took a lot of my time. So I had to decide if I want to pursue what's, what is expected of me. Or uh, should I go with the flow and uh, should I, you know, take those five minutes of fame, let's say, and just and just go for for uh, creating my own business and and developing it. So I chose the latter. Yeah, well, it's a powerful, you know, when your parents or when a family member um, tells you like generational advice and, you know, they're older and they have experience, it's hard to not follow that. Right. So for I know exactly kind of how you must have not exactly, but I know how you part of how you must have felt, because I'm the first in my family to go to college. I'm the first to be a lawyer. And my parents were like, you must go to college. You must go to college because none of them had ever gone to college. And in their mind, that was the way to success. Right. Um, But the world has changed so much, um, you know, even from when I went to college, which was many years ago to now is is I don't know how colleges are going to keep up, especially in the marketing world, especially with the online world, because you really did build a business. I I was following your account and you made a few slight adjustments and then that was that's what helped you take off. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe can you help some of the people that are listening about um, one is that how did you figure out how to make those small adjustments? Was it just like volume reps and trial and error? And then secondly, um, what do you think was the difference between the growth in the last six months versus the growth prior to that? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to those small adjustments, uh, uh, of course, like the volume and consistency, it's super important. But at the same time, I uh, didn't want I I decided I don't want to do it. 100% 100% myself. So if there are people around me who are wiser than me, who have more experience than me, who have been there and done that, uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, reinvent the wheel. So I asked, <laughs> I signed up for courses. I started to talk to people around me. I uh, developed like some amazing relationships with people in, in my network. And uh, I asked them, so uh like one of the uh, two two uh, people that helped me, I think the the most when it comes to my Twitter is Erica Schneider and Casey Jones and their course on social writing. Uh, uh, those two women like opened my eyes when it comes to you know uh, how not only how I should write on social media but also um, the the power of, you know, authenticity, uh, the power of, uh, you know, showing up every day for your audience. Those, those are, those were the things that, that really helped. So this is, this is the one, one part of it. And the second part is testing, constantly testing different stuff. So, uh, I, uh, still am like some, somehow like a mad scientist, uh, for my Twitter, I test out different formats. I test out different hooks, different, you know, uh, sometimes memes and sometimes video. Like I try to make it as mo- as much, um, as interesting as possible for for myself, and I, th- I like presume that it will influence my audience as well. So if I, if I don't just repeat the same message every time, uh, or I try to make it as uh, invasive as possible, uh, that that should work well. And it so far it worked well. So if I were to give any advice to people, I would uh, be like, uh, I would say that you should become obsessed with testing different stuff, take notes. Uh, I have my like notion page dedicated to just uh, uh, to um, all of those results I got from testing different stuff. Uh, don't be afraid to to just you know post some something that is maybe cringy <laughs> somehow or you may feel you might feel uncomfortable with. Just look at because at the end of the day it doesn't matter. Like if something fails, the worst thing that happens is people don't see it like uh, and that's all if that if it doesn't resonate the only thing is you should try next something something else and and see if it if it resonates uh people will give you this benefit of doubt uh <laughs> during your especially if you're early in in your journey if you don't have like a huge authority that you know people expect only excellence from you uh you can uh, uh, as long as you're, you know, nice, personable, authentic with your journey, uh, people will follow you and will, you know, support you. I, I, I think that's a really important point. And I think that if you, you know, I, if you come from a place of, you know, I'm going to do volume reps, I'm testing things out, I'm going to be as authentic as I can and trans, as transparent as I'm comfortable with, people really will give you, you know, a, a huge benefit of the doubt. And I think larger accounts will be more open to talking to you, you know what I mean, in terms of if they see you putting in the work and really, you know, kind of 
putting in your time to try to figure it out what you want to do. Now, are you, I know you're doing a, a new course and it's actually your first course. So I'm, I'm really fired up to hear about that. Are you covering some of these um, topics in that course or what's that course going to be about? Yeah. Yeah. So the course is, um, uh, it's my first time when I try to productize my knowledge and try to uh, gather everything I know about content and what I've been talking about on my Twitter in one place. So uh, it will be about how to create your own content marketing strategy, implement it, uh, and then scale it with quality to uh, boost your organic growth. So the whole, uh, the whole like point of the course is that by, by the end of it, you will have all the systems necessary in place to create valuable content, come up with ideas for content quickly, efficiently, uh, and good ideas. So not not some just generic, uh, generic stuff. And then uh, how to actually start to um, make make it happen. And it should be adjusted to your business ways. So I don't make you know technical founders that have nothing to do with writing right. You know long form text. It's uh, you. I present them with everything they they can do. And uh, they can choose which which uh, road they take, and uh, they can create content that will resonate well for that with them first, and then it will translate to to the audience as well. So, and, and then are you going to be mm-hmm. uh, focusing on Twitter as the platform, or is it will your lessons be applicable to any platform, or how are you thinking that you're going to position it? That- Mm-hmm. So uh, the lessons will be applicable to any platform, really, because we start with uh, with your own content materials. So uh, everything that is on your website, on your um, you know, on your newsletter, everything that you can own, like really own your content, uh, and then we're going to take it and repurpose it and distribute it uh, through social media. Uh, of course, there will be dedicated like segments uh, that will. Uh, you know, share more specific stuff about uh, Twitter. And so far, it will be Twitter and LinkedIn, because I know uh, about those two platforms uh, the best. Uh, and um, I'm going to to uh, tell uh, the course participants what they should do to, you know, uh, not post just post links to their content but but really make sure that the they the growth happens for their brands on social media uh, simultaneously with uh, their websites with their with their newsletters all the all the products that they own um, and uh, how to how to connect it to to social media so uh, it's like the part of the system is uh, bringing those two and and connecting them because usually it's not happening like either uh, a brand creates a great owned content so they have a good blog have a good newsletter it's awesome uh but they cannot distribute it properly through social media and now uh, i'm going to uh take all that i've learned and and help people apply this knowledge into practice well that's great because very few people have put together the 
excellence in content and the distribution side. So it sounds mm -hmm. like your course is going to tackle both of those sides. Yeah. So if you're strong in content, you can still benefit from your course because it's going to help you improve your, you know, the distribution. If you're super exactly. strong in distribution, but your content is kind of lacking, there's going to be resources for them as well. That sounds like a really good course. When, when are you going to launch the course? You know? Mm -hmm. So uh, the uh, launch date is uh, March first. Uh, I am, yeah, I am super like into uh, <laughs> deep in work. Um, when it comes to the course, I, I'm I'm building it every uh, every day. Like I'm asking my audience also on Twitter. I try to publish regularly the the progress of the course because um, it's super fun. I first time I have the opportunity to build something in public and get the feedback. Back right away from my audience and I can iterate it like for example my audience helped me really helped me with coming up with the name of the course which was uh, a challenge <laughs> for me mm -hmm. because I uh, because you know I had like too many ideas too many concepts for it and they just uh, stripped that all away my like presumptions and all, all that uh, I had in my head and they just said okay uh, this doesn't resonate <laughs> this is bad but leave it out uh, and uh, they they really pushed me into the what I think is the best direction so the name is the content launchpad and uh, the course is divided into three sections uh, three levels of let's say the, the knowledge of content so you have a screw stacker you have content um, content content uh, collector content collector and then content uh, engineer so the highest level is the you are you become a content engineer <laughs> yeah no i voted for that for the name of the course so i was I, I really enjoyed that because i think that is the one of the really big changes in marketing is the ability to have instant feedback whereas you know marketers from 20 30 40 years ago would have killed to have the access to mm -hmm. the information that we have just that we just take for granted um and so no i know that you're in poland are you so do you have an agency then as well so you have a service side where you have an agency and then you have now you're starting to do the information product side as well yeah, so, so far, I, um, I wouldn't say I have an agency, I, because it's only me. Like right now, it's also my partner. But um, when I started, I was a freelancer. I was a one-person business that uh, uh, that was, you know, I was trying to help uh, usually founders or small teams, small businesses with with their content uh now uh it became a, a partnership uh because you know we, i grew uh i had to figure out some stuff how to how to how to manage the business the right way so we turned it into a partnership and right now it's uh i'm trying to you know build some products around the brand mm -hmm. as well i'm uh, actually in the middle of my uh like uh, some kind of rework when it comes to my personal brand so i will be changing slightly the colors the the fonts the all the all the uh allure of my brand so now i i'm tr i'm in the middle of of figuring that out um, and so the goal for this year is to uh of course keep working with us many companies as i can as it's possible for me so i can you know uh figure out what's the best direction i feel like building this this niche uh, in in real time is a very like much better approach for me because i struggled with 
when when people said to me like you have to figure out your niche you have to figure out your niche i was like okay but <laughs> i i understand you but at the same time i it's like you know shooting in the dark and i didn't want to shoot in the dark so i said okay let's let's do it let's just try to uh, work with as many founders as possible and i figure out a way to do it uh through um, through actually i don't sign any long-term contracts i help those founders create their own systems that's what i will be doing in the course as well so mm -hmm. i build this those systems and if that works out for us together like the, the work is is flowing uh well we uh agree if we want to continue or if the person just takes the systems and apply them uh themselves so uh that's how i'm trying to uh, do it now i i have some ideas how i should position my my business in which direction but still it's a complete work in progress and this year is dedicated to just figuring it out well no and i think the tension between those two poles is really important so as a you know you're a solopreneur you know and then you said like you work with your partner but that 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 business has the potential to scale if you want it to but then you're also working on the information product side and the course side and that can scale if you want it to and so you're kind of you're those two poles it'll be somewhere in between and it will the market will tell you what it wants and then you'll be able to kind of course correct from there that's my approach so i think that's really smart because <laughs> that's what i'm doing um <laughs> And uh, and so would you say that you're in terms of your your service side, in terms of the, that you're helping people personally, is that more in Europe and Poland or is it in the United States or a mix of both or kind of where's your who's calling you from around the world, basically? Everyone. <laughs> so I have clients from uh, from Hong Kong to to United States. It's it's insane, actually, when it started to happen. Uh, there were weeks where I where I was talking to you know people from India, United States, um, like Serbia, uh, Germany. It was it was amazing. It's it's a very you know uh, it's a learning experience about different cultures also different ways that people work uh, because it's 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 super different with every client with from each country uh, they have different work cultures they they have different energies different forms of even providing feedback because for example in eastern europe we are mostly like skeptical and we don't like to um you know preach people we don't want we don't like to say nice things <laughs> we are we are like quite uh, quite skeptical but uh, when it comes to for example america in america people are very excited very that's that's amazing that's awesome you know all of those phrases and you don't hear that in with clients in eastern europe it's always like <laughs> it's okay but uh, and, right. and that's also like very interesting and i don't have a preference because it's uh for me it's each time a client approaches me it's a different journey and i'm enjoying it well and i and i think you make a you are a it's sort of the case the study that proves the point which is as the the technology allows us to all interact with everyone around the world the competition increases for everyone so if you you know the old content 
marketing things that used to work that you could just be generic and not have not have a lot of personality in your brand isn't going to work very well because you're not just competing with people in the United States or the people in Poland you're competing with people all over the world and so that's why it's so in my opinion that's why it's so important to be able to build that brand of one to build that content that really helps you to stand out from everybody else because you're going to be competing with you know AI soon you're going to be competing with the rest of the world and and I think that your approach can really help position people to sort of hedge against those things. Yeah, I that's my goal. One of my main goals is to never, uh, you know, when I read my content, uh, I, I've written quite a few pieces of content uh, by now. And each time I come back to it, because I try to review my content uh, from time to time, uh, each time I read it, I want to have like, I want to feel that it's good. It's it doesn't have to you know reach for the stars every time because you know I grow, I I change my my craft is is developing as well with me. So, uh, but even those pieces from uh, six months ago, when I look at them now, uh, they could be improved, but but I they are still still solid, and uh, aiming for for that quality is is my is my goal. Well, and but I think though again that that serves it's don't ever take that stuff down because it allows people to see the growth and it makes you approachable. Yeah. So you know when your audience like you have about ten thousand followers on Twitter, which puts you in the top whatever three percent of people on Twitter, right? And as your audience grows and you hit a hundred, a hundred, right? You may become not as approachable, but if you keep that content up there, people can see that journey. And then that gives them hope. Okay, wait a second. I can do the same thing because he was, you know, Kuba just wasn't always like the superhero. He actually was a real human being who put in the work and, and kind of, and they can see that growth. And so I think that's, um, I think that's what's so powerful about transparency. Yeah, absolutely. I believe like uh, when I think about my personal brand, uh, the only thing I worry about when uh, when it comes to growth, the growth is amazing and I really enjoy it. And I won't give you like I won't tell you bullshit about that. But uh, when it comes to my my growth, the only thing I worry about is the uh, if I, you know, uh, there is a certain point when sometimes people lose touch with reality. Uh, you know, because there is a lot of stimulus around you and you, a lot of stuff are happening. And my, one of my main goals when it comes to Twitter is to keep being authentic, keep showing up, keep interacting with as much people as possible, even if it you know, requires me to, uh, hire someone to do other stuff or, you know, take, uh, take other responsibilities from me. Uh, I, that's the most important part about social media for me being social <laughs> to, yeah it's quite simple um being you know uh building this community and uh right now i am super proud to say that community the community around my brand is fantastic i love those people i love showing up there every day because they are you know they are motivating me they i motivate them we have like this back and forth relationship where uh it's very creative and and that's that's the whole point for me well you can see it in your content right so because it's not you definitely doesn't appear like you have a ghostwriter doing it right and so it, it definitely your personality sort of shines through that i mean do you find do you 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 know you talked about earlier that you wanted to be an actor do you how much of how much of what your online persona do you think, is there any acting in there? Or do you think it's important mm -hmm. for people to create 
create a character that's a little bit more than themselves? Or do you think it's more important to be like just straight authentic, just be yourself 100%? Okay, yeah. So I actually even wrote a blog post about this recently. And um, there is a lot of, there are a lot of similarities, uh, quite surprisingly, uh, between acting and and what I'm doing now, personal branding, let's say. Um, So first of all, as an ex-actor, I love audience. So I I love like you know pleasing the 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 audience. So I I know what works what uh, what is a what magnetizes people, you know, what what brings attention to you. Uh so I use it in my writing as well. So it when I started learning about copywriting, I saw a lot of similarities. <laughs> In storytelling, in in you know creating uh, creating our your own narrative, uh, and uh, that that's the one thing. And the other thing is, acting, uh, good acting at least, teaches you huge amounts of empathy, huge amounts of uh, listening, uh, active listening, and uh, you know being curious about your audience because you never play exactly the character you're playing you're playing you're trying to somehow um teach people a lesson about themselves teach people a lesson about their nature uh so this is this what's uh what influenced my uh my way of writing i think the most so the 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 this self-reflection and trying to be as Mm, as empathetic for my audience as possible. I try to, to try to listen to them as much as, as I could. No, and I think that's a I think that's a really good point because you know we go back to that idea of losing touch with reality, right? So if you stay connected to your audience, if you stay um, you know empathetic to what they need, and you're trying to provide you know courses for them or value for them or content for them, then that will ground you. Versus starting to fly off, you know, fly off into, oh, I have a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand followers. Um, you know, if you always treat each each person that you're dealing with as of an audience of one, then um, you're in a much better situation, I think, than than you know, losing touch and be like, oh, now I have to be different because I have a hundred thousand versus you know the, the versus five thousand. All right, we're back. I hit a little bit of a technical snag and I may edit this sentence out, but maybe I'll keep it in for authenticity's sake, right? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're talking about staying true to your audience, not getting trapped by your own persona. Um, but a lot of people, that's a problem they would love to have, right? Is is being too successful. Let's let's kind of drill down a little bit on some mindset shifts for people, maybe about that are starting out, because I think a lot of people on Twitter they're on the front end of the funnel, right? In terms of like, they're just the very beginning of of the of learning about content, learning about you, learning about what they should do. And they're trying to figure it out. Where do, where do people start? Where should they start, do you think? Mm-hmm. So my uh, approach is that you should, first of all, never start with the... Um, with the numbers in your head. So when you approach Twitter uh, only to get following, you're going to fail. It's not sustainable. <laughs> it's a not sustainable tactic. Uh, find one thing that you know gets you gets you going. That makes your cheeks red, 
from from excitement and talk about it. So even if at the because the beginning sucks, I remember like it it wasn't like I still sometimes have like some pieces that that uh, people don't just react to and and it happens. It's it's only the part of the process. And at the beginning, you will be screaming into the void. It's uh, so. The first thing is make sure that the things you talk about uh, keeps you up at night <laughs> are very exciting for you. And the other part of it is uh, prioritize forming relationships as fast as possible. So try to uh, find your people, try to find your tribe, some people that will uh, m- like that are in a similar position as you. Uh, I'm not talking about, you know, creating those fake engagement groups where you just, you know, hype each other up mindlessly, but actually find people who are trying to provide something valuable. They can be from, from, from completely different niche. It doesn't matter. But if you have your pals and you have a, you know, uh, you are responsible uh, for each other, it's it's something completely different because uh, it becomes more important in a way because you already found one person, this one person who cares about your content. And I think it's the most important part, finding this this one person and then growing it, you know, gradually from one person to, to 10 to 15, 50 and, right. and so on. Well, and I, I think let's, let's kind of, Drill down a little bit more on that because I always hear people say you should be DMing people and you should be making connections on on you know on, on social media. How is that something that you're saying that that's more of a support aspect of it, or does that actually translate into to growth? Right. So is it something that keeps you going as you grow, or is it something that has an actual direct impact on your growth or an exponential impact on your growth? Because I, I I haven't quite um, understood. I don't. I struggle with that concept a little bit. So it's some mm-hmm. personally, I'm actually interested in that answer. So uh, if you approach someone only to uh, form a relationship or network, it's it doesn't work. Uh, the people know that. <laughs> people know that that you're trying to, you know, you try to fake things. Um, for me, I, you know, there were some like I DM people. I, I talk to people. Uh, for example, when I when there is a creator I admire, uh, when there is, of course, uh, they usually they have like a bigger following count than me because they've been in the business. They are experienced. I I like them. Uh, I admire them. But it doesn't necessarily mean uh, they. It's not a rule. Uh, sometimes there are like smaller accounts, but uh, regardless of that, I think the most important part is to be first nice and just you know talk without implying anything. You know, for example, uh, Arvid Kahl, this like huge entrepreneur celebrity, let's say, very good authority. Uh, one of my role models followed me very early in my journey. Why? I don't know. Like he saw my content, he liked it and he followed me. Um, Then, you know, I reached out to him and I was like, uh, I was of course beyond excited. And I I am like this very energetic person uh, in real life. 
So I was really excited and I told told him that. And since then we've been going back and forth, you know, on on Twitter mostly because I don't want to uh, put his time like you know, interrupt his workflow. I know DMs are quite tricky, especially if you are bigger on Twitter because there are a lot of them. So uh, if you say something nice in the DMs and then you keep showing up for the person in the comments, you 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 talk to them, you discuss some th- stuff, you are authentic in your engagement. I think that's what matters. DMing people, it's only, it's the same as you tell people, to um you know to engage with certain like bigger accounts it's the same like it's the same shady tactic for me that uh, is focused on you and not on the other person and if you focus on the other person it's 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 starting to work yeah well and this is and i totally agree with everything that you're saying because there's this and this is definitely a topic i want to talk about with you is there's this idea of value online and what it means so I'm actually, so for me personally is, I'm not going to say I'm a value disrespecter, right? Um, but I think that there are certain ways to do it. And it's an approach that you, it's kind of an all in or nothing thing, right? Like you're like, you're very transparent. You're like, I'm not going to keep any secrets. Here's everything in my content. Um, you know, but when I do my course, I'm going to curate it. Obviously I'm going to put some things in there. I'm going to go deeper on some topics and that's what you can pay me for is the execution, right? But let me educate you. Let me help you. And, and that is a, that is a, I agree with that approach approach um, in terms of value. I come from an entertainment approach where I'm like, let me entertain you. Let me be interesting. Let me connect with you first, and then you'll be more open to value. It's not a better approach. It's just different. But then there's this third thing that you're talking about, which is let me try to figure out value to where I can get what I want and only what I want. And that's what you're talking about, which is, well, I'm going to DM this account, or I'm going to, I'm going to do replies on bigger accounts. I don't really care about, but just if they're big enough, you know, and then the auto DM strategies and stuff like that, and all that stuff just drives me completely crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And I can see how from the way that, and that's why we're talking is because it, like, I wanted to, to talk to you because I think that you are, you, I don't sense from you. I don't sense, I don't have the skepticism about your content that I have about a lot of other people who, who purport to be, you know, transparent, right? And I think maybe part of that is because you're younger and don't know any better, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. And so, you know, and so, um, you know, you're, you're and it's just generational too. It's like you grew up in in the public eye, you know, in terms of, of social. Now, are you experiencing any sort of pushback or discomfort or any challenges about the transparency? Is something that maybe you wish you would have done differently, or any any kind of roadblocks to walk to watch out for? Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely, I have to sometimes uh, stop myself from going, you know, being a smartass because, you know, the attention goes into your head. It's not like uh, I am immune to that. Not at all. I... I sometimes lose touch with with reality too. Uh, the only thing I try to keep in my you know in my approach is to always be open to discuss. So I I never try to diminish people if they say I don't agree with you. You know, I uh, or they they have like a different point of view and they they can freely communicate and I want them to communicate it under my tweets uh, without feeling you know um like they're less of something you know they're for example 
even if 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 somebody is like crazy or or is uh, like offensive, um, I just don't react. I don't. Uh, I think I so far I haven't blocked anyone on Twitter. I cannot like uh, confirm it one hundred percent, but I <laughs> but I probably blocked like a spam account that posted like porn. <laughs> for right. Me, right. I've and muted. Like, I've muted people on Twitter. I don't. I, I don't. Well, again, my account's much smaller than yours. I'm in a different part in the journey, but I haven't seen people trolling you very much. I mean, do you get trolled a lot? I haven't seen very much of that on your account. No, you don't attract it. You know what I mean? And I think and like I'm fine with trolling because I have the same approach that you do. I don't engage them, but I use it for content for my list. Right. Because it is like a content gift when people troll you. You just don't fight them back because that feeds the troll. Yeah. Right. Um, and so are you OK? So you're building your course. You're, and I'm sure that's taking up a lot of your time. You're going to launch that March 1st. And I'll make sure, you know, the great thing about podcasting is that this interview will be, you know, on, on the internet forever, right? As long as I have the account. And so I'll make sure mm -hmm. to link to your course once it's the links available. Um, what is your plan after the course? So course is launched, you got it, you've worked out the kinks, you, you're kind of rock and rolling personally in terms of this, you know, providing service. Do you, are you just going to kind of see where that takes you? Or do you have like a phase, mm -hmm. phase two plan from there? Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's where things are getting exciting <laughs> because, um, uh, there is one secret project I cannot talk about, but the other one is uh, I have I want to hire someone. <laughs> like this is the I like things are growing fast. If I you know spend from eight to eight right now at work, I work a lot. I you know I don't agree with this trend of working one hour per day. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I want to find a person to help me uh, with content creation uh, and uh, I want to you know start thinking about how to build my team what this person should do uh, how the work should be divided and yeah so that will be one of the probably the biggest things that's going to happen this year for my company that's great I mean uh I'm really excited to see your growth, though. I think one thing that people that's that's an underrated thing about audience building and list building is that people don't understand that you can recruit talent from within your audience. Right. So, yeah. you know, who people are going to know exactly what you're about. People are going to know what you're looking for, if they're members of your audience, if they consume your stuff um, and you can find some really high level talent that or you don't have to educate them in the culture of what you want because you've already educated them through being in your audience. And that's not to say that you have to recruit from your audience, but very few people talk about doing that, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's a I think that's an exciting possibility, you know, in terms of audience building when you expand. So that sounds that sounds great. Now are you um I don't I don't want your I don't want your street address, right? But so I know you live in Poland. Are you planning on staying in Poland or do you think that you may cuz you're young like are you thinking about maybe doing the the digital nomad lifestyle and kind of traveling around and doing it or do you like kind of where you're at or what's what's on the on the home front? What's the plan for that? If you don't mm -hmm. mind me asking. Yeah, of course. Um uh, so uh, right now for at least like the next 5 years I want to travel uh, a lot. I want to see the world because I haven't traveled much uh in my in my like before. Uh and uh, I want to I want to, you know, be able to work uh from whatever place. 
Uh, I dream of spending uh, some longer time in Greece. I love Greece. I feel like uh, like it's my place. <laughs> so I want to I want to live there for a bit. And then um, my long term plan is to build a house here in Poland, somewhere like. Uh, next to the lake maybe mm -hmm. yeah always <laughs> yeah. next to water everyone always yeah. wants to do something next to you're either mountain you're either a mountain person or a water person that's basically i'm a water person yeah. i live by the sea that's amazing and and i think it's i don't understand people who build these internet businesses but then just making jobs do you know what i mean like it's it's uh i see a lot a lot in the agency in the agency twitter is that these agencies they they leverage the internet, obviously they, you know, but they, for whatever reason, they just, they want to create another, another corporate job for themselves. And I never really understood mm -hmm. that, but that's a personal thing because for me, I left the law, um, just cause it was too corporate. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, and then I find myself on this adventure talking to you now. Um, okay. So, so let's say that someone has decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Huba's course. I'm going to buy that. It's not ready yet, but between now and then, what should I do to prepare myself to get myself ready to take your course? Like what would be sort of a pre-frame ideas? Like what does a person need to do that so that when they do buy your course and they start to implement it, that they'll be in the best position to succeed? Mm -hmm. So first of all, if you could carve out at least two hours per week, uh, for, for the course, uh, because it will be, uh, partly cohort based, but partly, uh, there will be a lot of resources included in the course. So, uh, if you could find time to, uh, really, you know, invest in your content, uh, it, that would be awesome. Uh, and second of all, um, if you could, hmm, that's a, actually an interesting question. <laughs> uh, so the, the time aspect is very important. And the other, the other thing I think is, uh, if you could prepare like the grounds. So if you, uh, thought of having a blog, set up a blog, <laughs> if you thought of having a newsletter, prepare your newsletter. So, you know, find an email marketing provider. Uh, so if you do this, there is no way, uh, nothing else to, to do except for, you know, uh, spending time with me and not only me, but they, there will be master classes also in the course with some very good creators on Twitter about video marketing, about uh, storytelling, SEO, uh, and copywriting. So that's, that's super exciting. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I think that's one great thing about Twitter is your, the access that you get. I ghost, I did some ghostwriting for a, a VC, the, um, a, news, um, a newsletter that would interview VCs, founders, and, and, um, uh, hedge fund people. Right. And mm -hmm. they would, whenever you would ask them, you know, where can we find you? They all said on Twitter. And that's the same thing for all those areas that you're talking about. You can have access to some of the most elite people in the world just by DMing them on Twitter and then getting them in to help you and support you with your courses and, and everything like that. And that's, that sounds like it's going to be a really, really good. Now, is it a cohort based course? So it's going to be with you live or is it, oh, okay. Amazing. So it's going to get all, yeah. all Cuba all the time. 
Yeah, and the other part of it is that it's going to have a community uh, built into the course. So uh, the goal here is to build a very active uh, community of people who uh, try to build their businesses with content marketing, not just content marketers, uh, but but people who who really try to apply all of those uh, things. And um, in you can you could you can communicate one one on one with me in this community so that that will be also fun to to talk to you <laughs> now so you've you've gone through a lot of different course corrections and a lot of different changes i don't i don't know on a personal level if you've if you've had a lot of adversity but when things don't go the way that you want them to go or when you experience adversity do you have a framework or a mindset that you approach it with uh or something that because that may help someone that's going through a tough time mm-hmm. yeah so uh of course um you know, I am an, an ambitious person, so I struggle with when things go sideways, uh, and that's that's human. Uh, and uh, but my my way of approaching failure or you know adversity is to step back for a second, uh, try to disconnect my uh, my emotional side, my my ambition uh, from it. Um, take a walk, <laughs> just spend some time off the computer. Uh, and, you know, there is a, another thing is, uh, as long as I have this world around me, not, not this one inside the screen, but, but, but the world around me and it's, everything is good here. It's good. Like I have a stable income. I I know I, I will survive and that's not that important as it seems to be. I know because I struggle with it as well, but, uh, and it's usually the same, the same story every time. So I first, you know, am very worried. I am very disappointed in myself, but then after a while I say, okay, nothing happened <laughs> and it, nothing happens really. And it's at the same time, the, most hurtful and the most freeing experience because you can fail and it's whatever. Yeah. Well, just feedback. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I have so enjoyed talking to you today. I definitely want to have you come back on the podcast as, as we explore your journey and as, as we see your growth, um, where, first of all, so where can people find you on Twitter and on LinkedIn? Yeah. So, uh, on Twitter and on LinkedIn, uh, I, my, Handle is Content Cuba, uh, and I also have a uh, my newsletter, Content Incubator. Um, you can you can subscribe on on Twitter. I have a link in my in my bio where you can subscribe. Yeah, and I will have I'll put links for everything. And Cuba is K U B A Content Normal Spelling. Um, and for yeah. your course, do you have a website uh, landing page for your course yet, or is that something that's TBD right now? Uh, it's still TBD, uh, okay. but in a few days, I, I think it's going to be released. So I can well, wait. I will make sure to have it on the on the show notes. So we'll have your LinkedIn, awesome. your, your Twitter, your newsletter, and your um, your course. Because, like I said, is that I think that uh, you are definitely somebody worth watching. Um, I think your your content is uh, authentic and. You, I think you're doing a great job and you're helping a lot of people. So I want to get you as much exposure as, as I can. And, and, uh, cause I think that you're, you're teaching people the skills and not the dream. You know, a lot of people sell the dream and not the skills. And, uh, I feel like you're, you're really trying to push the skills, which is the only way people get to what they want. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. All right. Great, man. Well, great talking to you and we will, we will chat soon. Okay. Yeah. See you. 
All right, creator. I know you want to escape the current understory that you are trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you're going to have to have a creative clearing, a place to stand in confidence and clarity. I'm not going to promise you some magical course, coach, or codex, but I cannot help you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast contains the philosophy and the five public principles, but the daily emails have the insights, innovations, and shadow principles of building the classic American business that I only discuss with my subscribers. Raise your hand and let's light the lantern together. The path of understanding never ends, but that does not mean you cannot get to where you want to go. Go now and subscribe to my daily email list at understoryemails.com. Again, that's understoryemails.com. Go light the lantern.